for the 49ers You've Got Mail podcast sponsored by Manscaped. I am thrilled to be joined by one of my really good friends, and I would love to call her just the ultimate fangirl. She's known as the 49ers fangirl. She has so much coming up and so much up her sleeves that I will let her uh, detail for you. But so excited to have Tracy Sandler joining us for the podcast, who has been covering the 49ers for a number of years. Uh, She has a good pulse on this team. So I think you're a perfect guest to have as we are in a really unique time with the 49ers. Is that a, a adequate word to describe what's going on? I think unique is a, is actually an excellent word to describe what's going on and, and a very nice way to say that. I like it. It is a unique time for yeah. the 49ers. It's a unique time for the 49ers, and it's a very unique and a very positive way for Tracy Sandler. Uh, Tracy, I would love for you, whatever you can give us, just give us a little bit of insight, a little background. One, how everybody can follow you, what you've been up to, and maybe things on the horizon, whatever you can share. Uh, well, you guys, first of all, can follow me on Twitter at 49ers Fangirl and on Instagram at Tracy Sandler. No E in Tracy, just a T-R-A-C-Y. Uh, that has been of late. I've noticed a lot of people really want to throw an E in my name, but let Ooh. me tell you, it's not there. Um, okay. I host a podcast every week called Get My Job, where I sit down with incredible women in sports, including Ms. Kiana Martin, who has hey. been a guest, and talk about their career and their career journeys. And then I just recently launched the Tracy Sandler show on the Believe Podcast Network, which I'm super excited about. Uh, We'll be talking NFL, top sports news, lifestyle, of course, a ton of 49ers. And Mm -hmm. of course, sorry, guys, a lot of Dodgers because I love my (laughs) Dodgers. Um, So I'm really, really excited about that. So the first episode actually aired on Friday, November 12th, which is the day we're recording this. And I'm super excited about it. So yeah, that is kind of the big stuff we have going on. Um, and I'd love for you guys to to take a listen and let me know what you think of the Tracy Sandler show. Yeah, definitely. Any way we can get more 49ers news and talk. I, I, for the, the non-Dodger fans listening, they might not want to hear that part. But if you do want to hear uh, some updates with the 49ers, a great place to check out uh, the Tracy Sandler podcast. Uh, yes. She's on she's baseball season's a while away, guys. So you're yeah. going to get lots of 49ers. Your podcast central right now, because you just mentioned two that you have, and then you're joining us on the You've Got Mail. Obviously, we have fan questions, but I think the number one question, I'm going to sum up what's been coming from everybody um, rather than just asking this a million times, but What's going on with the 49ers, generally speaking? You, I said this earlier, you've been around the team for a number of years. You have a a good grasp on the players and the front office, the coaches. Uh, You have a good pulse of this team. You're there for practice. You're there for media availability. Uh, The 49ers, let's be honest, they have the talent. The talent is there. It's on this roster. But that talent isn't necessarily translating to what we're seeing on the field currently sitting at three and five. And that demoralizing loss that they had in week nine against let's say a JV Arizona Cardinals team. So just from what you've been able to pick up and what you've been able to grasp, because I feel like a lot of people are still trying to grasp what's going on, but mm-hmm. in your own words and in, in your own observations, what's happening? This team. So it's something very interesting that I noticed is said pretty much every week. Uh, and after after a loss, and then the opposite seems to have been said after a win, of which there have been very few. But the it comes down to 
we need to clean up the details. We need to execute better. And you have a game where the defense will play really well. The offense will not. The offense will play well. The defense will not. And it seems to me that there is a lack of identity on this team. And that seems to be the biggest problem from where I'm sitting. And to hear going into week nine, we just have to figure out the details and clean them up. Like it's week nine. Those details, I would think, should have been figured out and cleaned up earlier. And yes, they're dealing with injuries, but it is football and everybody's dealing with injuries. Uh, I know on uh, in Kyle Shanahan's press conference on Thursday, it took him 24 seconds to go through the injuries of who wasn't practicing, which it took two Insta stories. So that to me was like, that's a, <laughs> that is a lot of injuries. That being said, again, it's football. And if you look at the injury reports for any team right now, there are a lot of people dealing with a lot of things. So I don't necessarily think it's just that. You, you just have a lack of of execution. And something else they talked a lot about this week, which I found somewhat interesting, is this idea, and I think it's obvious, but A players have to play like A players, and their A players are not all consistently playing like A players every week. Mm. Okay. And that is a big thing. And Shanahan made a comment that he thought the a good coach, the sign of a good coach is someone who can get his A players to play like A players every week. And not getting someone from like a C to a B isn't necessarily the mark of a good coach. But I do think that that's what it comes down to. Consistency, details, execution. And this is what they're lacking. And I point to a lack of identity because I think if they knew who they were, they'd be able to to do all of those things. Yeah. I, I believe someone spoke yesterday. It might have been Jimmy Garoppolo, and the question was brought up about the identity and lacking that identity. And he said that's not something that you just label yourself and go with it. It has to develop naturally itself. And the 49ers through, and it's unfortunate now through nine weeks, have struggled to label that, to find that, and to be able to execute that. Um and it's kind of brought up a lot of questions. I know with an NFL season, players come in, they come out, you know, things happen. People retire, people move on to other teams, especially with free agency. And you're looking at the cap that the 49ers were dealing with uh, this past offseason. But how much do you think that veteran leadership comes into play with the 49ers struggles? Because you look at there's no Joe Staley there. You no longer have Richard Sherman, who's in Tampa Bay. Um, I'm trying to think of some of those vets that are no longer there. I'll throw out a name. DeForest Buckner is another name that's not there. Um, How much do you think that maybe having some of these guys has to do with what's happening and what's translating on the field? I think that that, I think that's a big part of it. You, you also have a lot of guys every week because, because we'll ask about leadership and a lot of people saying I'm more of a person that leads by example. And and I get Mm -hmm. that. And I think there is, certainly a place for that. And that's incredibly important. You want guys that lead by example. If a guy is Mr. Raw Raw, but can't execute on the field that, you know, the two don't go hand in hand. That being said, you also need those people in a locker room on the field that can, can rally a team and that people respect and can look up to and can, and fire up a locker room. I mean, you know, a few weeks ago for the Chicago game, you know, we were told John Lynch came to talk to the team the night before the game. And to me, I think that's incredible. And I think John Lynch is such a fantastic GM and and he has such, the guys have such respect for him. And, and of course he rallied the team, but it was an interesting thought to me that there isn't someone on the 53 to do that. They needed to bring the GM in. 
Um, and I think there's a time and place for that too. And, and I get it. And they were in a position in that week where they needed to, as they said, multiple times, do whatever it takes to win, but they're now in that position every week. Yeah. So I just think that says a lot kind of about where they are and, and that leadership they're missing. I mean, even in 2019, they also had Emmanuel Sanders mm-hmm. for half of that season. And I think he brought so much to the team, not just to the wide receiver group. He brought so much to the team as a whole and they are lacking all the people that we've talked about were on that 2019 team. And I don't think it's a coincidence that the two seasons after that have really gone downhill. Yeah. Uh, one thing that's so different this year compared to 2019, we're not necessarily, we're around the team, but not how we were in the past, obviously uh-huh. due to COVID restrictions, we're not necessarily there in the locker room. So it's kind of hard to pick up exactly, um, I don't want to say the mood or the vibe, but it's, it's a little sometimes challenging to pick up, you know, maybe you see some of these guys taking on the load as a leader, like we were able to see in 2019. Mm -hmm. Um, But I look to guys like, you know, Fred Warner and the Jimmy Wards of the world and and the Eric Armsteads and those guys to really need to step up um, and help lead. It's a, it's a fairly young, if you look at this 49ers defense, it's a fairly young unit. I know I jumped straight to defense because I wanted to talk about the offense actually, but that's kind of overall when you look at this roster. So uh, just one thing that kind of stands out to me when we're talking about now going into week 10 and and there's still so many question marks and you brought up trying to figure out these details. uh, It's one of the main things that I think um, has been a struggle for the 49ers, but I want to jump to the offensive side of the ball. Um, Mm -hmm. As of late, let's Considering these last two weeks, it appears that this offense has been playing better as of late, Um, but they've been dealing with, especially in this last game, those struggles of getting out of their own way. We saw that with two fumbles after game changing gains uh, in that contest against the Arizona Cardinals. But that aside, those moments, those blunders aside, which I know was a point of emphasis going into this week, how have you... What have you seen out of this 49ers offense over these last two weeks? And and does it give you any hope, any positivity looking forward? Yes, I mean, I think it does. I do think that they have played better. I think we've seen, you know, had seen Jimmy Garoppolo. Here's like a fun fact from the prospector. Uh, two back-to-back, you know, 300-yard games. Uh, no one has done it three times since Jeff Garcia in 2000. So I think that is a, a big positive. That means they, they are driving. But I think you brought up the fumbles, and I don't want to focus on the negative, but they can't do things like that. I mean, that's you can't have George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk going back to your A players can't be fumbling the football after – big gains because yes, I think the offense is certainly playing better, but if they end up turning the ball over three times, it doesn't matter how well they played in between all those turnovers. They're not going to, they're not going to win the game. And I, I go back to 2019, that game against the Steelers where I think there were five turnovers total and that game was totally an anomaly. But most of the time, you know, that isn't going to work. And so mm-hmm. yes, have they been playing better, but you can't, I don't feel like you can discount those fumbles because that's part of it. And that's to that the Cardinals ended up with 10 points off of those turnovers. And those were two turnovers where the 49ers 
there was a high likelihood they were going to end up with 14 points and the Cardinals with none. And, and that's where games are won and lost. And yeah. so, you know, I think it, it kind of does go back to consistency and those are the details and those are where you have to execute. And that is where I think they've really struggled, but yes, they've certainly played better. Um, it's gonna, it's great to have Kittle back in, in all of the ways. Uh, Debo Samuel, of course, is just having a, a breakout season. We've seen much more production, the fumble aside from Brandon Ayuk. Elijah Mitchell has, of course, really stood out uh, in the running back position. So these are all really big positives. They they had a big loss, though, this week. They lose Mike McGlinchey for the season, so that – will create some issues on the line and perhaps create issues in pass protection and in the run game. So with that in mind, they can't be making the mistakes. When things go right, keep them going right. You can't be fumbling the football. can't be dropping the football. Manscaped is the official below-the-waist grooming partner of the 49ers. Try Manscaped and get 20% off and free shipping with code 49ers at manscaped.com. That's code 49ers for 20% off at manscaped.com. Yeah, uh, Kyle Shannon, he preaches it all the time. You cannot win a game if you're continuously losing the turnover battle. And uh, Offensively, 49ers are just handing the ball away. Meanwhile, defensively, they just cannot land those turnovers. There's been a number of forced fumbles, but obviously not bouncing in the 40. Niners favor, but uh, you brought up Mike McGlinchey, um, who is now out for the season with a torn quad, will undergo surgery. So 49ers will be without their right tackle uh, for the remainder of the season. In your eyes, how worrisome is it being without McGlinchey for the remainder of the season? And how do you see the 49ers combating his loss? Well, I think I, I think it's it's a huge loss. It definitely is a huge loss, and I know fans have a little bit of, of a love hate relationship with McGlinchey, and maybe hates a strong word, but that's just the phrase. I didn't make it up. Uh, but they have a, that kind of relationship with McGlinchey. But he really has been having a, a pretty solid season, and he's been pretty you know, important upon that line. And I, you know, I know after last season, he did a lot of work to get back to a level that he was happy with. And I think he was very much on his way there. So I do think it's a big loss. Um, I think it would end up being Jalen Moore, uh, but uh, you know, Shanahan of course didn't want to say, which I get, that's who I think it would end up being. Um, That being said, I'm not a coach, which is, you know, a travesty because I'm sure I'd be great. Um, But I I can't say for sure, but from what, I guess from what I've seen, I think it would end up being Jalen Moore, but we also may have a little bit of right tackle by committee. There may be, you know, situationally, they may be putting some people in and taking some people out, which is not ideal on an offensive line. You want to have a chemistry there. Uh, but if I had to pick today, who will be replacing him? I would go Jalen Moore. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Shanahan holding his cards pretty close to his chest uh, with the, with the right tackle and right guard position, um, Tom Compton's also in that mix. You have Dan- Daniel Brunskill, who I-, I would like to call a Swiss Army knife along the O-line because I feel like he's played just about every single position, especially I believe it was that 2019 season he did. Um, so uh, 49ers have some uh, some things to figure out this week, especially going against this uh, Rams defensive line we already know Aaron Donald and what kind of force he is on the interior but now you're adding Von Miller mm-hmm. into the mix so it's going to be a tough challenge and how the 49ers can combat that which it always brings me back to uh I I know this is this isn't a regular occurrence but I, I always think about the game in October I was it was their final meeting against the Rams 
and how uh, Daniel Brunskill held his own against Aaron Donald. Mm -hmm. uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was relatively untouched that entire contest. So uh, 49ers will have to try to pull out all the stops to literally stop Aaron Donald and co on Monday night. But I want to stay on offense for just a second, because I feel like we have to talk about the biggest topic of all. And every single week, there are a million questions surrounding 49ers, number three overall pick Trey Lance, obviously 49ers oh, fans. This Trey Lance you speak of. I this, have not this heard of him. Trey Lance kid, <laughs> his name continuously pops up uh, in our questions, but um, obviously 49ers are not giving him the offense just for developmental reasons. Kyle Shanahan said that would be essentially irresponsible of him just to let Trey get reps just to do it. The 49ers believe and Kyle Shanahan believes that the 49ers are still in this mix, which believe it or not, I know it is not glamorous sitting at three and five, but are a game back out of the wild card spot. I say all of this to talk about Trey when 49ers fans will finally see Trey. We haven't seen him since week five when he got that start with Jimmy Garoppolo out. But do you think we see more of the rookie as time goes on? This is so interesting because there have been a couple of games where I've been like, I think we'll for sure see him situationally um, and was very surprised that, that we did not. So, mm -hmm. you know, I think Monday night is a possibility because – they are going to need to put out, pull out all the stops. They are going against a very talented Rams team. A Rams team who played terribly last week and lost, so it, it certainly can happen. But generally, this is a Rams team that is pretty efficient and pretty solid and has a tremendous amount of talent. So the 49ers are going to have to play an almost perfect, if not perfect, game and perhaps add in some razzle-dazzle. I love razzle-dazzle. You love, love a little razzle-dazzle. And so I think that, you know, means we could very well see Trey Lance. I think in terms of how much we're going to see him is going depend, to depend on the next several weeks. I mean, I have to believe as they get later into the season, if they really are out of the playoff race, then I think you do have to start starting him because if this is your quarterback of the future, then I think it becomes a point of like, all right, we got to get him in there and get him reps and kind of see, see what, what we have going on. So, you know, I think it's going to be very dependent on how the next several weeks go. They have the game against the Rams and then it's the Jaguars and the Vikings. So I think we'll know a lot more about this team and, and its potential mm -hmm. in the coming months in the next three weeks. But I, I could very well see us, getting some Trey Lance on Monday night for the reasons that I mentioned just a minute Trey ago. Trey Lance on primetime. I think a lot of 49ers fans will get they're, – they're pretty excited uh, to see him take the field, but I also do not want to discount the performance of Jimmy Garoppolo over these last mm -hmm. couple of weeks. Um, I was actually chatting with um, Yahoo Sports, their fantasy football expert, Dalton Del Don, this week, and uh, we were talking about how Jimmy has been fantasy-wise – one of the most productive quarterbacks, the most productive quarterback over the last two weeks. And even pro football focus had him ranked as one of the best performing over the last couple of weeks. So Jimmy Garoppolo is certainly hitting his stride. He just needs the rest of the team to catch up. Um, but let's jump really briefly to the other side of the ball. And then we'll uh, kind of preview what we're expecting Monday night, but defensively, a lot of questions at the cornerback position. Uh, 49ers Mark Ronan and I wanted to ask why did Diamador Lenore 49ers rookie corner lose a starting job uh, which I, I will 
caveat this by saying uh, he did have a baby as of late. So we yeah. missed a couple of games. I know he was a healthy scratch um, a couple of weeks back, but what do you make Tracy of this 49ers cornerback situation? What do you want to see out of this unit? Especially I'm going to kind of throw it out there. You have this high, this very potent uh, Rams offense with, they're going to be, you have Robert Woods, you have Cooper Cup, and now the addition of OBJ, which we'll get into in just a bit, but they're going to need to defend these guys on Monday night. What do you make of this? I, I wish, first of all, you could see my facial expressions as you went through each wide receiver. It, there was like a, it was like a, ooh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> ooh. Um, you know, it, I guess going back to the original question, it seems the coaching staff does not believe that Diamondor Lenore is a better option than Josh Norman and Drake Kirkpatrick. You did bring up, of course, that he had a had a baby, and so he he missed a couple games. So would be kind of curious to see, you know, if anything changes on Monday night. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think corner is a place where the 49ers really may have missed in this off season. Um, yes, they drafted two corners, but apparently two corners who they don't feel are ready to start. Uh, they had, of course, Jason Verrett coming off a fantastic season and mm-hmm. the veteran Emmanuel Mosley. But I think, especially with Verrett's injury history, they probably would, it would have behooved them to put a bit of an investment in a veteran corner that really could step in and start and play at a, at a high level. And though I would say Josh Norman overall has made contributions to the team, he also has committed a tremendous amount of penalties, including the taunting penalty we saw last week that was, you know, pretty inexcusable. Uh, and so it feels like they're a little bit stuck between a rock and a hard place because they don't really have a great option for that side of the field at corner. So, you know, it feels to me like, would you want to put the rookies in there? But it goes a little bit back to that Trey Lance discussion. You know, do you get to a point in the season where it's like, all right, let's see what we got and give these guys a chance because you know what you have in Norman. You know what you have in Kirkpatrick. Uh, Let's see what we got and give these guys a chance. But you know, I mean, I, I miss, I'm assuming that the coaching staff saw something and sees something that makes them believe that Diamondor Lenore and also Ambry Thomas should not be out there starting or really even playing. I think for those of us watching, we saw Diamondor Lenore in the beginning of the season and it, it did look like there was some potential there, but, you know, obviously the coaching staff does feel differently. Yeah, I think going into Monday night, 49ers will be, have to rely heavily on that pass rush to take some of that pressure off of their secondary. And it's not just the cornerback position that there's a number of question marks, but you got to think you're also without Jaquaski Tart, you're without Jimmy Ward, yeah. who the 49ers are hoping they can get back this week. Um, you've got a rookie, you've got Talanoa Hufanga back there. Uh, who, is playing it, who is playing well? Who's playing well, who's definitely playing well. Um, don't want to discredit him with that. And Tavon Wilson, I believe he's dealing with injuries to the 49ers, a little shorthanded there as well. Uh, but it's worth noting, which when I'm doing a little bit of preview work for this game, uh, 49ers have the fourth best passing defense heading into week 10. So I think a lot of that credit, I, I don't want to you know, take anything away from the secondary, but also a lot of credit to the 49ers um, a pass rush who will definitely – have uh, 
have a challenge, let's say on yes. a Monday night, but all right. I brought up his name. It's the biggest news in the sports news cycle this week. Odell Beckham Jr. 49ers fans do not want, well, did not want to see these headlines, but yes, he came to the NFC West to the Los Angeles Rams. Um, uh, Jimmy Ward had the question. I think we all had the question of how are they getting all of these players? What is happening here? Um, the people were upset that the 49ers weren't in play for Odell Beckham. And I think it's a good opportunity to kind of clarify what was going on. So as he cleared through waivers, 49ers, they said they cannot put a waiver claim in for him because he does come along with a $7 million uh, cap hit. That's owed for the rest of the season. 49ers obviously don't have that amount of space. So he cleared through waivers. Not any other teams claimed him. So now as a free agent, he has the opportunity to go wherever he wants. Now, being realist here, you you have your pick at 32 or 31 because you're probably not going to go back by 31 other clubs. <laughs> and, and sitting at where you are in, in the year, you know your talent. You know where you want to go. You know what your ultimate goal is, which is a Super Bowl. You are going to take the best option that's going to get you there. So obviously, uh, the Rams look like a, a great landing spot for him. Um, obviously, what well, we heard through reports that also Green Bay was another option for him. But it did not have to do with the money. Uh, he and I don't want to misquote, but I, I believe his deal would have worked for the 49ers or just about any team. But it ultimately came down to landing at a place, a contender essentially 49ers where they're sitting right now, three and five, probably not the most glamorous location. Uh, it had a lot to do with the opportunity. So what do you make after I say all of this, what do you make <laughs> of Odell's decision to go to the Rams? How do you see this playing out? And then my very last question with that one is, do you see him playing on Monday night? So one Okay, I'll start with your last question first. I don't know that we're going to see that much of him because you've got to assume he needs like more than three days to learn that Rams offense. There's a reason it's right. working so well, and it's probably not super duper easy that you just pick it up. <laughs> he is a professional. He's been playing wide receiver for a while. So I don't know how much we'll see him on Monday night. I'm sure he would like to play Monday night. But, I, you know, I don't think it's – I don't know that he's going to be like a huge factor. Um, you know, he and Josh Norman do have a, a history of not being the best of friends. So that – could be interesting, but I, I don't really know how much of him we are going to see on Monday night. I think going was your first question about him not coming to San Francisco. Um, yeah. Just, okay. or what's your your just your thoughts overall on him going to the Rams? I mean, I I think you know I get it. I think unfortunately, right now the 49ers are not the most attractive location, and it, it was different a few years ago. You know the the regime was new. Uh, they. They were building talent. Uh, I think even that 2018 season when and when Garoppolo got hurt, people could see towards the future. You could look to 2019 and say, okay, this is a team that's really on an upward trajectory. And right now, this is not that team. And I think you look kind of going back to what we said earlier about identity and, and philosophy. When you're, I would imagine, as a free agent, as someone in his position, looking at this team, he doesn't know what the trajectory is, not just mm -hmm. for this season, but beyond. So I think this is not the attractive landing spot that it was a couple of seasons back. I think the Rams are. I totally get it. I think, you know, from from like a Odell Beckham Jr. brand perspective, being in L.A. is yeah. probably not a bad thing. Uh, you have an incredible 
incredibly talented football team and they do find a way they do find a way to do it. I mean, obviously they are within the cap. Um, there's no way they could avoid that, but they have found a way to get the talent they need. And, you know, I think there's a little bit of that, like win now philosophy, which I don't, you know, which I don't necessarily disagree with, but they find a way to get what they need. They, they look at where they're lacking and they make the necessary adjustments. And a couple of years ago when they got Jalen Ramsey, I made a joke like, Oh, can he play O-line? But as I look at it now, they were, you know, looking at what they were going to need and where are they going to need the top positions and what's what's really important. And now they're real. It's great that they have Jalen Ramsey, you know, like and, and they figured the rest of it out. And they just have a way of doing that um, that maybe other teams haven't quite figured out yet. And I think it makes him an incredibly attractive landing spot. On top of that, he's got Matthew Stafford, who's playing at a very high level last week aside. It's going to be a lot of single coverage for him because of how much talent they have at the wide receiver position. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's going to get the ball. And one of the big gripes in Cleveland was that he was not getting the football. Uh, in fact, I think that was the big gripe in Cleveland that he was not, you know, getting the football. And that's not going to be a, a, a problem in Los Angeles. And he has a very, very good chance of going to and winning the Super Bowl. This podcast is sponsored by Manscaped, the official below-the-waist grooming partner of the 49ers. Try Manscaped and get 20% off and free shipping with code 49ers at manscaped.com. That's code 49ers for 20% off at manscaped.com. Ooh. I don't know if 49ers fans want to hear that, but... um, uh, uh, I don't make the news, guys. I just... We got a bold one from Tracy. Okay, so you talk about a very talented Rams team, um, which I believe this season it began with getting Matt Stafford in that trade with the Detroit Lions. He's in his new city. He's found success in this offense. Um, I know a lot of Detroit people are a little bitter about it, but it, I feel like he's had he has the pieces, he has the coaching around him uh, that has let him play to his potential. I know you brought up this last game, um, not his best outing against the Derrick Derek Henry-less Tennessee Titans team. But looking at what the Rams are coming off of, I know when you come off a loss, a lot of people say you have an angry uh, Rams team coming in, but you also have a pretty angry 49ers team coming in that has a lot on the line as we're sitting at this point in the season. But looking at what we saw on Sunday night against the Titans, uh, do you think that the 49ers have the ability to go toe to toe with this Rams team? And I'm also going to throw this in there. I look at past matchups and the 49ers in the past have matched up very well to the Rams two back to back seasons of sweeps. This is mm-hmm. a completely different Rams team though. What do you make of it? It's a different Rams team and it's a different 49ers team though. I guess last year's 49ers team, you could say was not too dissimilar. Um, so it's a little – I do think this is one of those matchups kind of like the Seahawks where, like, there's – weird stuff can happen. So do they match up toe-to-toe? No, I don't believe they do. Do I think the 49ers could play a – in theory, play a really, really good, solid football game and beat the Rams if they were to play a near-perfect or perfect game? Yes. Have the 49ers shown me anything to make me believe that will happen? No. So that, so those are all my, I'm sure everybody loves me right now. Like, I hate this girl. Um, she's the worst. Um, 
But that doesn't make it out of the realm of possibility. I mean, as we, you know, any given Sunday, any given Monday, it's cliche, but we're seeing week after week, it's true. I mean, the Bills lost to the Jaguars last week, nine to six. So it, it, there is truth in that. And the 49ers are a much better team than the way they've been playing. The big question is, can they play like the team they are? Can they not turn the ball over? Can they create turnovers? Can they not commit these penalties that just, kill them. That's going to be the answer because you are going up against a Rams team that really doesn't have to play a perfect game. They have to play a good game to beat the 49ers. They don't have to play a perfect game. I think the 49ers have to play a near perfect or perfect game. And I think, I also don't think the Rams, you know, in some ways it's really unfortunate they're coming off that loss because I think if they had won that game handily, they could come into this game, maybe underestimating the 49ers and that would work Mm -hmm. in San Francisco's favor. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that that's going to happen. Um, and I think Sean McVay knows Kyle Shanahan too well to let that happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, this is going to be tough. And it's, you know, and I I don't say that as just because, like, looking at the records, but this is going to be a really tough game. And you brought up earlier the wide receivers that the 49ers secondary is going to have to go against. And it, it's going to be rough. It's good, you know, and – for our secondary right now seems it's either, you know, DPI or stay six feet away and they're going to have to have another strategy against this group of receivers. Yeah. 49. I, I love how you put, you summarize this entire matchup. 49ers will have to play a near perfect, if not perfect game, if they really want to uh, come out on top of this matchup, especially looking at the talent and looking at the cohesiveness that the Rams have been playing with as of late. All right, before I let you go, I have one very last one, and that's obviously we want to stay on the topic of this Monday night primetime matchup, but is there one area looking at this 49ers team that gives you confidence heading into this Monday night matchup? What area would it be? Is it a position group? Is it a stat? Is it a performance? What gives you a glimpse or a little glimmer of confidence heading into this? I'm going to say it's two players who, one on each side of the ball, who've been incredibly consistent this season. Uh, I think Trent Williams and Nick Bosa. And among those two players, I think Nick Bosa is very much, has the ability to be an X factor. And has shown that that he can be, and he he is a game changer. So he's played at such a consistent high level that should that continue, it gives me confidence. Um, and I say Trent Williams because of what we talked about earlier on the line, uh, and how Mike McGlinchey is out and, and what that can do to the line. I think having that anchor there um, and that leader there is going to be important for the offense. But really, I think Nick Bosa. Um, could very well be the game changer. I like that. On Monday. I like that. Nick Bosa, definitely a game changer. And uh, he's an angry Nick Bosa. That's a guy that I know looking at his history from dating back from college. This is a guy that's not used to losing. He does not like to lose. So uh, I can tell he will be walking into this game with a chip on his shoulder. I'm going to, I'm going to highlight the offense as a whole. Okay. They, they've at times they've looked good. They've looked together and then, will you know the drive will be halted because of their third their struggles on converting on third downs i'm gonna look to this offense because i feel like we've seen those we've seen those moments of cohesiveness we've seen those moments of these big plays especially getting george kittle back um having brandon Ayuk 
uh, playing at a much higher level than we've seen. And then we've talked about Debo Samuel in the year that he's having. I think having your weapons there, having them healthy, and now Jimmy Garoppolo finding his stride, I think this offense has a chance to put up some points. Uh, obviously going against this defense, it's going to be a struggle, but I feel like if this team comes ready to play, um, that this could make for a very fun matchup for the 49ers. But again, a lot goes back to everything that you've been talking about. And this is this team coming out and playing together. Um, and this is on all sides of the ball, not just one carrying the other, because we've seen that it's been so lopsided on a number of these games. So uh, we say all of this to say that Monday night is going to be an interesting matchup for the 49ers. It will be very telling, mm-hmm. I say, for the 49ers and the season they're having. Um, this could be one of those that it's it can shock some people or it could also tell what's to come for the rest of the 49ers season to say. Um, in so many words, but nonetheless, Tracy Sandler, I appreciate you stopping by the podcast. This was an absolute delight. Uh, we love your insight. And again, you, you're around this team. You have such a great grasp on it. And I, I really appreciate your insight and your knowledge and a little, um, maybe a little, a little glim, a little preview of maybe what's to come in a positive way for the 49ers. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. It, it, we will see. We'll, they, they have to play the game for a reason. So let's see them come sh- show up to play it and see how they do. That's what we'll need to do. Tracy, appreciate it. And we'll catch you Monday at Levi's Stadium, okay? Absolutely. Thank you for having me. 